0: Whoa, he has trouble with the snap! And the ball is free! There goes Davis! Oh my god! Davis is
1: going run it all the way back! This is Beeson's College Football Betting Podcast. Welcome in, another edition of the V Sin College Football Betting Podcast. It is the Thursday edition. That means Matt Humans at Matt Humans247 on Twitter joins us. Once again, a reminder. Each and every week, three different episodes in your feed. Rate review. Tell a friend, tell many about the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. On Sundays, Jonathan Von Tobel gives you the Lines Revealed show, which is live on VEASAN at 2 p.m. Eastern. And then on Tuesday morning in your feed, myself and Adam Burke react to the week that was. Take a look at some letdown and look-ahead spots. And we're starting to get into that time of year with midweek Maction. But let's uh, let's jump to it, Matt. A, uh, an interesting card, um, you know, looking up and down. I, I was having a hard time kind of solidifying some good spots, you know, the letdown spots. Maybe you remove some of them. And that's where I jump into as crazy as it sounds with the main course. The main course. And why I said as crazy as it sounds, because we're going to lead off with TCU in Kansas, mm-hmm. just like we all expected uh, on October 8th when texas a and m is playing alabama and when texas is playing oklahoma and tennessee is playing lsu we're leading off with a game that has two ranked teams and it is the site of college game day in tcu and kansas and before we jump into kind of the full-on handicap where right now it is tcu at most spots as a six and a half point favorite with a total that has continued to rise up to 69 now matt TCU coming off of a 55-24 thumping of Oklahoma. Normally, this would be a spot where I would love to fade TCU, but with college game day and Kansas being undefeated, I don't know if I necessarily consider this a letdown. Where are you on the Horn Frogs heading into this weekend as a possible letdown spot? Well, I think it is a possible letdown spot,
0: and that's what concerns me with TCU. But I also think this TCU team is for real uh, to a certain extent. I was not... Really stunned by what happened to uh, the Sooners last week. Going into the season, I thought Oklahoma, and I said this on uh, so many shows, I can't <laughs> even count. I said, Brent Venables, and in my estimation, has the highest uh, probability of imploding of any of the coaches, any of the new coaches, uh, high profile programs. And um, I wasn't buying into all the Oklahoma preseason hype. Now, you know, things snowballed last week, and, I, you know, games can get out of control, and Oklahoma's not as bad as that score indicates. What was it, 55-24? Yeah. Uh, so. 41-10 at halftime, I believe. Yeah, Oklahoma's a better team than that. We, we saw the Sooners destroy Nebraska uh, a couple weeks ago in, in Lincoln, and I was on the wrong side of that one. So uh, I've been the good and the bad with Oklahoma. And the Kansas State game, you really didn't know what to make of it because Chris Kleiman and, and K-State had s- such – a track record of uh, success against Oklahoma when uh, the Wildcats were big dogs. So what happened against TCU is an eye opener in a sense, but I think it's, to me, it was more about, Hey, this TCU team really is uh, the real deal. And, um, you know, I like to handicap everything every week on an <laughs> independently, like, yeah. uh, you know, situational handicapper for the most part, situations, matchups, um, uh, I think there are negative situations for both of these teams. Obviously Kansas, you talked about with all the hype with college game day and all of a sudden this is America's team. Who thought Kansas was going to be America's team when the college football season opened? Uh, Lance Leipold, excuse me, Lance Leipold doing a hell of a job. And I think, um, there's, there are two, two candidates to be the next Wisconsin coach, Jim Leonard and Lance Leipold. hundred percent. And, uh, you know he's not going to get sidetracked by that, but uh, the media is talking about it constantly. If you look at the matchup here, I'd, I'm not sure TCU deserves to be a seven point favorite the way Kansas is playing, but I don't really disagree with the line either. I think this is one of those spots where it's going to catch up to the Jayhawks. If you watched last week's Kansas Iowa State game, I think that was uh, that had a lot to do with uh, Iowa State just being bad and really bad on the offensive side of the football and special teams and everything. And, you know, I'm not a Matt Campbell guy nope. anyway. Neither am
1: I. I'm off. <laughs> I'm off, Matt Campbell. I, I don't think you were a Matt Campbell guy before I was not, week. and I'm less of a Matt Campbell after guy. after
0: last week, you're definitely not oh, a Matt Campbell guy. Good Lord Especially almighty. if you bet Iowa State in that game. Yes, it is. This did. is not one of my uh, favorite plays. I lean TCU. I'm a little bit concerned about the letdown, but uh, – I, I don't, I'm not going to say the point spreads wrong here. I, I think the number is about right.
1: Yeah. And with a high total, obviously a ton of variance. I laid six and a half with TCU and, it, and, and you know, you and I bet similarly where we like to look at dogs, you know, either home dog and, and Kansas would usually fit that characteristic. But I, I do think this is a spot where Kansas it, they're ripe for a loss that both these teams are undefeated against the spread TCU and 0 ATS, Kansas five and ATS, but you know, you look at how Kansas has gotten here. They go mm-hmm. on the road in a great situational spot against West Virginia after the backyard brawl. They win in overtime Uh, they win a game at houston houston is now proving to be a bit fraudulent not as good as what we expected i'm not a dana holgersson guy either yeah Uh, why does he continue to take the ball to start overtime uh (laughs) that is beyond me they've been underdogs in three games this year matt the kansas jayhawks have obviously Mm -hmm. they've won all three outright but they've actually been outgained in all three of those games they've won the turnover battle in all of them they're plus five in those three games combined but I wonder last week, because this is a unique offense that Lance Leipold and company are running there at Kansas. Jalen Daniels is a unique talent. But did John Heacock, the defensive coordinator Iowa State, figure something out? The second half, Kansas had 28 yards of yeah, offense. Yeah. For the game, they had 10 first downs. Mm-hmm. The last four drives, they had negative 23 yards. You should not win a game with those numbers. And then you look at TCU, man. 668 yards of offense against Oklahoma. They are number one in the country in yards per play at 8.33, number two in the country in yards per game with 549. And you look at Max Duggan, he's played tremendous. Uh, The quarterback for TCU, he's uh, number one in the country in uh, passing efficiency. And so there's a bunch of numbers that that he is very high on. So I do look at TCU here, because I don't know if Kansas is going to be able to keep up with the horn frogs in right. this spot and I do like even though the TCU defense Matt isn't a world you know great you know a great uh defense I do like their defensive coordinator Joe Gillespie came from Tulsa I think he's gonna be able to scheme it up enough uh, so I laid the big the, you know under a touchdown it's six and a half in most spots uh, so I'm rolling with uh with the horn frogs here uh, on uh, on Saturday uh, noon, I think lo- eleven a.m. local kick time there in Lawrence, Kansas. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling with the favorite TCU. By the way, I don't disagree with you really. I I, I think that's if I have to play that game, that's the
0: side I'm going to get on. I might even throw TCU in some sort of money line parlay. Yeah, uh, this weekend. Uh, but Kansas should not win that game last week against Iowa State
1: with those offensive numbers in the second half. Finished with 213 total yards. Of offense. And how many yards in the second half? Uh, 28. Negative 23 on their last four possessions. Wow. So, you know, Jalen Daniels in that game for as dynamic as he has been, Matt. 7 of 14 for 93 yards. Through the air, so can they keep up with TCU? We've seen that total, I think, rise by 10 points from the mm-hmm. opener. So goes to show you what type of game is expected in Lawrence, Kansas. So for a second straight week, Matt, I'm going against America's team, and uh, <laughs> hopefully this time I'm able to cash a ticket uh, with uh, with the opponent uh, there. I will roll with the TCU Horn Frogs. Maybe I'll join you, too, in some sort of money line parlay. We'll have to figure out who to pair them up with uh, because I paired Iowa State with maybe Mississippi State. Maybe the Florida Gators. We'll, we'll get, get to that, that right. here in a little yeah. bit. All right, a game that you like. Uh, another potential letdown spot and also maybe a look-ahead spot. The Pac-12 got some decent teams and oh. UCLA very impressive last Friday night. Uh, a popular uh, side was Washington last Friday night and the Bruins able to uh, really... The 40-32 victory, Sean, Sean, that's my normal partner, that's Matt, Uh, Matt, is not indicative of how this game played out. I was very impressed by the way UCLA was able to run the ball, was able to uh, play with uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So right now, another opportunity at home for the Bruins, Matt, to uh, be the dog, catching 3.5, Utah-UCLA, 3.30 Eastern on Fox.
0: Uh, I like UCLA here. I took four and a half. I was on with Mitch and Paul on Tuesday morning, and this was uh, one of the games I talked about initially. And uh, what I like, there's a lot I like about UCLA. And, you know, it's possible this is a letdown spot too, Tim. Yeah, so, possible. You know, I've got that in the back of my mind. Also, look
1: I, ahead for Utah. They host USC
0: next week. I was going to get to that as well. That's why I think the look ahead and uh, letdown spots kind of cancel each other out here. So I when I handicapped that, I said, oh, I'm a little bit concerned about the, the letdown for the Bruins, but also when you look at Utah, it could be a look ahead to USC. So let's throw that out and just handicap it based on the matchup and how these teams are playing. Uh, I really like the way Dorian Thompson Robinson's playing now. And uh, like most college football bettors who have been on UCLA the past three, four, five years, we've been burned by this guy because he's, he's made some crazy mistakes. And uh, he was at, at times a very inconsistent, error-prone quarterback. But uh, Tim, I almost called you Sean. Uh, Tim, uh, (laughs) he has played 42 college football games. Uh, I'm not sure you're going to find a quarterback in college who's more experienced than DTR at this point. Last week when you watch Washington, uh, the game against uh, the Huskies, he had 315 passing yards, three touchdowns. He ran for 53. Zach Charbonnet, the former Michigan running back, uh, 22 carries, 124 yards. This is exactly what Chip Kelly envisioned for his offense It took four or five years to get there. But Chip Kelly wants a quarterback who can throw it but also can run it. And he wants a stud running back. A lot of people think of Charbonnet. uh, Yeah, and that's Charbonnet. Mm -hmm. So DTR and Charbonnet. Right now, this is exactly what Chip Kelly wants out of his offense. And um, I think they're going to be tough to stop. Uh, Utah was fortunate last week because Oregon State's offense has completely melted down here in the past couple weeks. And Chance uh, Nolan got benched last week. Yeah, Chance Nolan with six interceptions the past two weeks. Oregon State quarterbacks with a total of eight. That game last week, and I was on Oregon State, I lost. I had a feeling on game day that something was going to go wrong with that play. You know, sometimes you just wake <laughs> yeah, up on oh, Saturday yeah. morning and think, yeah, I might be on <laughs> the wrong side of this one. I took 10 and a half with the Beavers. It was a 21 to 16 game midway through the third quarter. And that was after Nolan had thrown a thrown a pick six. Oregon State's quarterbacks continued to throw picks. They threw four in the game and that's why it got out of control. I didn't think Utah was outstanding necessarily on the offensive side of the ball. I thought that was more about, about the Beavers just blowing up and losing that game. I do love Utah. Talked about this team for months. Mm-hmm. Cameron Rising, Tavion Thomas. Very similar offense Utah has compared uh, as you know when you compare it to what US, uh, UCLA is running right now. Uh, obviously Utah is the much better defensive team, and that's got to be your concern here. But um, I kind of like uh, the Bruins as live dogs. A week ago, there were a lot of people betting Washington against USC, like, UCLA like they knew the final score uh, two days before the game kicked yeah. off on Friday night. And that was a 40-16 to 16 game going to the fourth quarter. And I think this UCLA team uh, might be for real. So this is going to be a junkyard dog week for me, Tim. Junkyard
1: dogs.
0: (laughs) I'm going with the Bruins and some more home dogs and uh, one really ugly dog on the schedule this week.
1: All right, UCLA plus three and a half. Lock it in. I took four and a half. Four and a half. Is three and a half the best number right now? Three and a half is the best number. Wow. So So I guess uh, somebody out there agreed with that. Moving towards the Bruins. Uh, The game that everybody couldn't get enough of this uh, this summer, and uh, that was because Jimbo Fisher called uh, his – his rival Nick Saban, a narcissist, uh, when Nick Saban called him out for uh, allegedly cheating. Um, and now these two teams get to play after last year when Alabama got this uh, or was handed a defeat at the hands of Texas A&M. Yeah. Now Alabama is laying 24. If you do like the favorite, as of right now, you can lay 23 and a half. We don't know this uh, the uh, situation. Will Bryce Young play, Matt? Uh, We do know that Brad Johnson's son, Max Johnson, is out with a broken bone in his hand. So that likely means Haynes King will be reinserted as the starting quarterback for Texas A&M. Both you and I were on Mississippi State last week, so a nice winner there. It's nice to have those easy winners every once in a while, and that's what that was. A 42-24 thumping uh, by the Bulldogs over Texas A&M in Starkville, Alabama. I wouldn't say this is a look-ahead spot. Tennessee's next week, but everybody has circled this game. This will be a night game in Tuscaloosa, the one night game that CBS has selected all year in the SEC, but it is a big old number, and the possibility that Bryce Young may not play. Jalen Milroe was the one who came in against Arkansas as Alabama ultimately did get the cover, even though that was very much in question early on. So a big number down in Tuscaloosa, Matt. Any interest in this one? You know, I was on with uh, Wes and Fimi
0: last week when DraftKings opened this at 21. Uh, I said, if you play it, lay it because uh, that number is only going to go up. And that was before the Bryce Young injury, and the number's still going up. Yep. And that's mostly because of a fade of Texas A&M and what's going on with the Aggies and that anemic offense. And it's just not. It's not going to change. Jimbo Fisher's system and and the players he has don't fit. It's a it's a puzzle with uh, pieces that don't fit. So if you're counting on some sort of bounce back or great effort from the Aggies, I don't see it happening, Tim. And uh, the only thing that would keep a in this game is an Alabama offense that might be out of sync because Milrow is now the quarterback and we're not going to see Bryce Young. I think that's the only thing that really could keep Texas A&M in this game. Last week, that Arkansas defense was completely worn down and Alabama just – when it's, that was one of the greatest teases of the season if you had Arkansas on the points – down 28-0, all of a sudden it's 28-23, and then the Arkansas defense can't get a stop. It seemed like 70-yard touchdown run after 70-yard touchdown run for the Crimson Tide. Uh, Hanks King is a really easy quarterback to defend, and uh, you know I'm not sure Max Johnson is a huge upgrade, but Jimbo's offense is kind of twisted into a pretzel right now, and I, I don't see anything that's going to straighten this thing out, uh, so I'll stick with what I said before. You had a good tweet this week. You put up the Chris Andrews game of the year Mm -hmm. numbers and compared them to what the numbers are this week, and I love to look at stuff like that. Chris Andrews, I remember when he opened it, I was like, why would you open this south of 14? Because you just know is going to take the action. You got to open it. He opened it 13 and a half. Yeah, 13 and a half. Chris makes a lot more good lines than he does bad. He does a great job with those. But when I'm opening a Bama line, and I'm not sure what to make it, 13 and a half. or I'll make it a 14 and a half just to err on the, the high side of a number like that. It's gone from 13 and a half to 24. Yeah. <laughs> but that's – I don't think we've upgraded Alabama's rating. We've just lowered Texas A&M yeah. that much.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head because I think Alabama certainly has questions. And I think yeah. you know next week when they go to Knoxville, uh, that'll be an intriguing spot. And that leads me to this next game. So I don't think Alabama's in a look-ahead spot because of everything that transpired this summer with the Texas A&M as a night game. You know this team. Will Anderson kind of, if I remember correctly, at SEC Media Days kind of grinned his, you know, grinned and said, "Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens on the field." So they're they're fired up for yeah. it. Tennessee's got an opportunity to. It feels like the first time in a long time, Matt, to actually go toe to toe with Alabama. The third Saturday in October is a is a long standing tradition and it has been dominated by Alabama. They've won every year since 2006. They get to smoke the cigars after the game. This game will be in Knoxville, but in between there Tennessee's got to go on the road to LSU. Now, this is an early start, 11 a.m. local time. Uh, I believe I saw it is going to be a sellout, which shouldn't surprise you. LSU has jumped back into the top 25 after losing week one. They've bounced back. That win over Mississippi State looks better and better. Um, you know, you had Auburn a couple weeks ago, or uh, in, a, in or last week, I should say, and that was uh, a pretty easy cover. Should have won that game. If you look at postgame win expectancies, I think LSU's was like 8%, uh, but they still found a way to win that game. A nugget from our good friend the bear chris felica lsu has won four of its last five home games as an underdog the other was a three-point loss to arkansas last year and a push on the spread matt you could still find threes out there in favor mm. of uh of tennessee is lsu a live dog on saturday afternoon
0: not as convinced as I was a few weeks ago when uh, I took the three with LSU against Mississippi State. And I think Adam Burke was on the opposite side of me in that game. There were a lot of people who thought Mississippi State was going to go in there and uh, beat up LSU. And it looked like that might be the case. Tim, was 13 nothing early in that game. That You know what was most impressive about that? LSU outscored Mississippi State 31-3 to the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. 31-16. to And uh, Jaden Daniels played much better. Right now, I'm not as convinced for... A couple of reasons. One, I, I think Brian Kelly still, and this is probably going to happen all year, he he's just has not figured out his quarterback situation. They can't get Jaden Daniels on track in the passing game uh, the way they want. And uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the LSU quarterbacks. If you watched, I did have Auburn plus eight against LSU last week, and Auburn should have won the game. But Brian Harsin uh, seemed like he was trying to get fired by some of the game management decisions and
1: uh, – <laughs> The trick play he Just called. Wait until they lose by seventy this weekend at <laughs> <in> Georgia. <laughs> right, right.
0: I think it, I think it's going to be the end of the road for Harson yeah. this week. Uh, he should have won that game last week against LSU. I'll take it though, uh, because I've got LSU's season win total over six, and right now Brian Kelly's four and one with a one point loss. Yeah. So things are on track, uh, but this is a huge game for that win total. I think Tennessee's top wide receivers out. Uh, so that's positive from the LSU perspective, but
1: so uh, so it's it's likely, but there's some thoughts. Maybe Cedric Tillman could play. Is there? Okay. I, I would I, I would side on the side of on the air of no. And I think the, he's the, coming back for the Bama. That would be my guess too. Uh, Josh Heupel said uh, on Thursday he's been moving around at practice. Decision on whether or not he will play will be made on Friday. So take that for what you okay. will. I would side on. He's probably out.
0: Uh. Here's what I don't like about LSU, aside from the quarterback uh, situation kind of being uh, confused right now. This is a, an early kickoff in Baton Rouge, and I definitely prefer the dog in the night games, mm-hmm. uh, especially and, at Death Valley. Yeah. And this is this early kickoff. I think it uh, definitely works to, uh, to excuse me, to Tennessee's advantage. But like you said, you know, as a. A situational handicapper, you know the Vols are thinking about Bama too. They got Bama on deck. That's a monster game. LSU's fully focused on this spot. I still lean to the dog a little bit here, but I'm not sure if I'm gonna play. It's not gonna be one of my best bets. Yeah,
1: LSU would be the lean for me. Uh not not one of my best bets either. I, I do if Tennessee was coming off a game too, Tennessee coming off a bye week. Uh, that, that doesn't help the mm-hmm. situation in my eyes either. But uh, it's certainly a, a, a potential look-ahead spot. All right, the final game uh, of the main course, Matt. You know I had to put it in the main course because it's happening here in Las Vegas, and I'll be attending it. Number 16, BYU, taking on Notre Dame. Uh, this one, you mentioned that tweet that I put out of the look-ahead lines what the line is now. Um, Chris Andrews at the South Point put out a look-ahead line back in June of Notre Dame minus five. The game is now Notre Dame minus three and a half. Uh-huh. So, not much has changed uh, from where we were in June to where we are now. If I had to guess, I think both these teams are slightly downgraded, uh, but I do think the North Carolina game uh, helped enhance Notre Dame, bringing them back to sort of where they were preseason, not nearly a top 10 team like many odds-makers thought they were. But I've been a bit disappointed, honestly, in BYU. Uh, haven't been all that impressed. Uh, I think the BYU game, or sorry, the Baylor game was was a good win. Um, but I think the Oregon game was a bit more telling. Maybe the Utah C- State situation was a look-ahead spot, heading to, Notre, to take on Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have banged-up wide receivers. You know, We've been talking about the health, Matt, of Puka Nakua for, for quite some time. And, you know, he is still nicked up. Uh, Kalani Sataki talked about they are hopeful that Nakua will play this week and that Chase Roberts will play this week. Uh, So there's still question marks about two of their best wide receivers. Gunnar Romney is back, and uh, he was dealing, I think, with a lacerated kidney. So he was banged up. You know, as for the Irish, Matt, um, we saw some things in North Carolina. Uh, that, that have to be promising with the offensive line and the way they were able to really dictate that game. Uh, they, they leaned on what they are strong at offensively. It's Michael Mayer, the tight end, and it's their running backs. Audric Estime, Logan Diggs, and Chris Tyree all combined, uh, all had over 100 yards, all-purpose yards, in that game i'm not going to lay three and a half um you know if you find a cheap money line which you probably won't because people in town are going to be laying it on the irish uh, i would roll that way i do think notre dame wins this game i think this game matt is very important for the trajectory of this season for notre dame because if they win this game they have stanford then they have unlv then they have a tricky game against syracuse but if they lose this game it could be kind of a downward spiral a little bit uh, for the Irish. I think this game is very important for Notre Dame. Coming off the bye, this is a game they have to to get. Uh, So I I would uh, side with the Irish in this one to win it outright. I don't know if I'd lay the three and a half.
0: Yeah, that speech you gave, you gave there, maybe you should be in the locker room to fire up the Notre Dame players. <laughs> Guys, this is a very important game for the trajectory of the season. Uh, but you can tell how much Tim
1: Murray we cares. We don't want the decommits uh, coming, man. We got a top five recruiting class.
0: <laughs> it is. It is an important game. It's a huge game for BYU, too, yeah. to, to get Notre Dame in a, a neutral like this. And there's going to be plenty of BYU fans mm-hmm. out of the Legion Stadium, too. That's going to be a, a great night in Vegas. I actually, I was a little bit annoyed because I thought about grabbing seven with BYU and that number was out there over the summer. I never did it. But now BYU's regressed. If you watch the Cougars against Oregon, that was a pitiful performance on the road that day. And then the last two weeks against Wyoming and Utah State, those are bad football teams that BYU did not look, really look good against. Now the wide receiver core has been beat up. I thought this was going to be... A really, really good BYU team with, uh, you're talking about 11 starters mm-hmm. back at, on defense, 19 total. Jaron Hall, who I think is one of the better quarterbacks in college football, but nobody really talks about him uh, as much as they should. I thought this BYU team had a chance to, uh, who knows, I'm not going to say run the table because he had some tough games in there. Baylor, Arkansas, Arkansas game. Week, I didn't yeah. think it was going to run the table. But I thought BYU could win 10 games and be really good. What's happened here the last few weeks is concerning. And uh, Notre Dame is a mystery team to me. Now, I've, I usually have a really good handle on Notre Dame games because I, I grew up going to Notre Dame and Purdue football games and been handicapping these teams for 40-some years, Tim. <laughs> and um, I usually have a play on a Notre Dame game almost every week. Um uh, I I can't figure out this team. uh, Two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago or last week, the North Carolina game? Two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. It was a bye last week, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Even guys I respect who bet college football, and a lot of people, I might not respect their opinion. (laughs) Everybody was betting on North Carolina like they knew they operated. Yeah, like that was going to be a walkover for the Tar Heels. And you actually, I thought I had a pretty good read on that game. You're like, yeah, I think Notre Dame's dangerous in this spot when we sat here a couple weeks ago. You know, And you watch that game before you know it, the Irish are up four touchdowns. Yeah. So which Notre Dame team is it? I think the Irish uh, probably find a way to squeak this one out. The thing I like about Notre Dame, I think this defense is legitimate. Uh, they're uh, probably a little bit better, a little bit more talented than BYU on the offensive and defensive lines and definitely on the defensive side of the football, even though it's BYU's... No pushover. BYU's got the better quarterback here, too. Sure. Jaron Hall. Yeah, You've sure. an advantage of quarterback with Hall. Uh, I'm not laying more than three with the Irish. I lean to the Notre Dame direction, but uh, I would not lay more than three. And uh, that's... That's Miami where we're at. On the game. Yeah, yeah, and I,
1: I wouldn't lay the three and a half either. All right, that's going to do it for our main course. Let's get to Matt's favorite segment spicy matchups. Usually, Matt, any college football year in the last 20 years, this game would be a no brainer main course, but it's uh, a spicy matchup this week because the first time in this century, Texas and Oklahoma are facing each other and neither team is ranked. Now, big mm-hmm. news came out on Thursday Quinn Ewers will start for texas and uh, the last time we saw him he looked the part he looked great against uh, alabama before going out with injury and because of that matt we saw a massive move in the line it is now up to 10 at some spots where we sit right now at circa over the summer in that look ahead spot oklahoma was a six and a half point favorite dylan gabriel likely is out for this game matt uh, it is a noon kickoff neutral site game they split it in half uh there at the uh, fairgrounds in dallas texas oklahoma with the longhorns now laying as high as 10 <laughs> against the sooners it is uh crazy to see this number and typically when
0: you have a A huge adjustment in a number like this. It's an overreaction, and you want to look at the underdog. Uh, I I texted a friend of mine who's a a sharp professional bettor, and he's a diehard Oklahoma football fan last night. I said, do you think this number is an overreaction? He said, no. The Sooners (laughs) are a mess. They have no chance. Very negative about his team (laughs) after what happened last week. When you sit back and you watch your team allow – uh, five hundred, six hundred and sixty-eight total yards and 41 points in the first half Yeah, uh, of a game. You're you're probably not going to be too optimistic the next week. That was September 10th when uh, Quinn Ewers went down with that shoulder injury. I think this is actually a, a pretty speedy return for him considering what it looked like at the time. If he didn't go down that day, Tim, uh, you me, and a lot of people think uh, Texas beats Alabama mm-hmm. in that game the way he was playing. So. Uh, also, the big problem here when you look at the matchup perspective, Oklahoma ranks 119th in college football and rushing defense. Bijan Robinson and Longhorns probably going to run all day on this uh, Oklahoma defense. I like Texas here, but
1: you're too late to the party at this point where the number is. Well, speaking of, uh, of injuries and line moves, that's where we head to our next game. Head to Stark, Vegas. Uh, this was a nice winner for us last week with Mississippi State. Uh, lay in three, three and a half, and uh, Arkansas likely without their starting quarterback KJ Jefferson. That line, Matt, would certainly indicate that uh, it was uh, that he is out. So KJ Jefferson um, likely out. Arkansas catching nine and a half off an Alabama loss, but Mississippi State coming off a big win. They're now in the top twenty-five at number twenty-three. It's a noon kick, uh, I guess eleven a.m. local there in Starkville. Arkansas catching nine and a half against the Mike Leeches of Mississippi State. How do you feel about Cade Fortin? <laughs> Aren't they going to rotate multiple quarterbacks? Isn't that the, the feel from Sam Pittman? Mm-hmm. Look, we, you and I love to back Sam Pittman as an underdog, uh, but I don't know if I can get involved in this game knowing how important K.J. Jefferson is to that offense. Yeah, I think uh, the
0: Hogs are going to try to run the ball, control the clock, uh, that's going to be Sam Pittman's uh, game plan here. I think Cade Fortin's going to be the, the quarterback most of the time. He came in for that one play when K.J. Jefferson was knocked out when uh, the Hogs were trying to get in the back door against Alabama. How sick was that, by the way? Ugh. The pass out into the flat on fourth down. The receiver catches it. If he cuts to the middle of the field, he's got an easy first down. Instead, he runs right into the defender. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have a bet on Arkansas. I did
1: not have a bet I can on tell that. Tell by your reaction. I, I, if you I, did, you would I, have been ticked off. If you huh? talk, if you if you want to bring up the Iowa State game again or the James Madison <laughs> Texas State game, then I'll get fired up. But no, I did not have a play on Alabama or Arkansas.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna have a play on this game either. I, I did have Mississippi State last week. You that run that nice as well. Uh, I was on Arkansas. I've had my fill of uh, Arkansas here the last couple
1: weeks, and without KJ Jefferson. Tough one to handicap, I'll pass. All right, another game. We mentioned Utah and UCLA. Very interesting matchup. Utah, are they looking ahead to next weekend, which is the showdown that we've all been waiting for in the Pac-12? It'll be a primetime game in Salt Lake City, USC, at utah mm-hmm. but this weekend usc is home to washington state back-to-back weeks matt usc is not covered so they're starting to come back down to earth a little bit really unimpressive performance last weekend against arizona state they ultimately pull it out 42 25 and now they play washington state now what was interesting about this one matt is that for the first time i feel like all year because the betting market uh, faded them against Rice, faded uh, the Trojans against Stanford, faded them against Fresno State, faded them against Oregon State. And this week, they've actually backed them. This uh, this line on Sunday at circa open 10, moved as high as 13, has now come down to 12 and a half. Uh, is this a spot where you'd look to back the dog in Washington State coming off of what was an impressive win and a bad pick by me? I had Cal last week uh, catching four. And uh, Washington State cruise past the, uh, the Golden Bears, uh, ultimately pulling away in that fourth quarter. So got a good quarterback in Cam Ward. Um, he can put up numbers. He can run the ball. Um, I'm intrigued by the dog, but the line move earlier in the week kind of spooked me uh, that the betting market was back in the Trojans here. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do with this
0: game. And in fact, I'm not surprised Washington State's been pretty good because I did the Pac-12 preview for the v betting guide, and I looked at Cam Ward. He came over from Incarnate Word. Yeah, that was that's weak competition, but he had 77 touchdown passes his last two years there. You bring his coach over as offensive coordinator. I thought Jake Dickert did a pretty good job when he took over uh, last year. So a lot of people, when Wisconsin lost that home game to Washington State, I said, you know, that's not as bad of a loss as you think it is. You know, the Badgers were 17-point yeah. favorites, and the Washington State team's not that bad. Actually solid on defense. And they've got some exciting potential on offense with uh, Cam Ward, at quarterback. As far as this spot goes, you know, I was on Oregon State a couple weeks ago against USC. Me too. I was not even tempted to play Arizona State. Nope. Uh, and it was surprising to me that the Trojans actually struggled like they did in that game against the Sun Devils. Uh, our people start, our defensive coordinator starting to figure out this USC offense and how to slow it down. Uh, you know, you, you kind of... Talked about the same thing in the NFL this time a year ago with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and how defense are keeping everything in front of you and um, making making uh, maybe a quarterback like Caleb Williams or Patrick Mahomes be more patient, not uh, hit the big play, make a lot more short throws. I think that's what we're starting to see with the USC offense a little bit. But just in analyzing the um, situation in the betting market here, uh, I think there's maybe a little bit... Um, Maybe a little bit of too much uh, public interest in Washington State all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, I agree, and that's why initially when this game popped up, I was like, "Ooh, Washington State," and then you started to see the, the betters backing USC. That the betters that influence the market, not just your average Joe. Uh, so yeah, it, it's I really wanted to play Washington State here. Uh, we'll I'll sit back and watch this game. Uh, actually, I won't. I'll be uh, at a football game when this game is going on uh, at the Coliseum. A game that you do want to get involved in, Matt. Let's stay in the Pac-12, and uh, let's head to Arizona. The Wildcats are hosting number 12 Oregon, and uh, right now the uh same number. You can actually find a 13 out there, too, if you like the Cats at home. A, uh, I believe 8 o'clock local start this game on the Pac-12 network. So, Arizona catching 13 at home against the Oregon Ducks. I uh, played
0: Arizona here. This is one of my. Uh, this is probably my favorite play of the week in college football. And um, I don't love any games this week, but uh, I really like Arizona. Let's put it that way. Jaden Delora has been uh, – I think adapting to the uh, new offense that Jed Fish has put out there in Tucson over the last two weeks against Cal and Colorado. Say what you want to about Colorado, but Cal's a good defense. has mm-hmm. passed for 885 yards the last two weeks. He's got 1,633 yards, 14 TDs on the season, transfer from Washington State. And uh, he was a big pickup. He played really poorly when I bet on Arizona against uh, Mississippi State, I think in week three. It might have been week two or week three. Um uh, he had a – Delora had a really bad second half, but he he's played better since then. You've also got Michael Wiley at running back who's – uh who balances that offense. I like a lot of things that are going on with Arizona right now. And um when you look at Oregon, you know, we just talked about Washington State. Tim, a couple of weeks ago, how lucky were the Ducks to get that comeback win at Washington State? That was a game that – Down uh, by what, 20? No, Maybe thirteen or something like that. Well, it in the seven, yeah, it was seventeen to nine at halftime, and the Ducks had nothing going offensively, and uh, that game just went crazy in the fourth quarter, and uh, Oregon came back to win it. I like to bet against Bo Nix on the road. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced this uh, Oregon team is the real deal, and uh, I still don't think the the market power rating on Arizona is caught up to uh, how good this team is. Now I could be wrong, could look like a fool here, but I took thirteen with Arizona. I think the Wildcats. You ready for this? Oh, our live dogs to win the game Ooh. straight up uh, Saturday night in Tucson. I really do.
1: I like it. I like it. Get get spicy here in the spicy matchups. All right, final one, Matt. Let's go to the ACC. Another primetime game, uh, eight o'clock Eastern. NC State and Florida State. Florida State coming off a loss to Wake Forest, a 31 21 defeat at the hands of the Demon Deacons. Impressive performance, uh, by the by Wake Forest, and then NC State. In, uh, in a college game day appearance, uh, they lose to Clemson 30 to 20. I was not high on NC State coming into the year. You and I both looked at each other a week after losing a bet against uh, with Clemson. Said, "Are we falling for it again?" I did not. <laughs> I should have because Clemson ultimately did cover against NC State. Uh, I was intrigued by the dog, uh, but another kind of situation, Matt, where I just I'm just gonna leave it alone. I I, I sort of lean towards Florida State here. Both are. A little bit in letdown spots. I feel like Devin Leary hasn't played to his expectations yet there for NC State. But NC State, a three-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Knowles on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, Devin Leary last year was incredibly good. 35 TDs, five interceptions. I thought he was going to take the next uh, step. He's actually kind of taken a step back this year. NC State been a little bit disappointing to me. But, Tim, did you watch the Florida State game a week ago? It was not pretty. No, nah, there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of ugly stuff that the Seminoles put out there. And I'm, I'm still not convinced that uh, Florida State's you know, 4-0 start was uh, not phony. Hmm. And I think they were lucky to kind of catch LSU at the right time. When you go back and watch that season opener, LSU played the worst first half possible in that game. Came back, had a chance to win it. I'm not. I'm not buying into this Florida State team right now. And I, I think that NC State and Devin Larry have to be sitting on some big performances, right? They got to have some. They got to show
1: up and play their A game here, pretty pre-season soon. preseason top ten team or number ten in the country last yeah. week. Uh, they've got a chance at home, prime time. Um, so we'll see if uh, if they can rise to the occasion here. But to your point about Florida State, in a, outside of the LSU win, Louisville's it proven to be a disaster. Boston College is god awful. Uh, and Louisville lost to Boston College last week somehow, some way. So, uh, yeah, I would say those two wins aren't uh, all that impressive. So, yeah, I leaned with the dog, but ultimately uh, probably a, a stay away for me on that game. There are some big boys with big spreads this week. Let's get to those. Big boys with big spreads. All right, let's start with a game that maybe this is a look-ahead spot. Uh, and I think you have intrigue in the dog here and this is a dumpster dive uh <laughs> if you do like this dog yes. and that would be the indiana hoosiers the fighting west reynolds uh indiana i have their season win total under somehow they beat illinois and western kentucky and uh, that did not make me happy but they're sitting there with three wins i don't think they win on saturday but i think this situationally is a intriguing spot to look at the dog catching 22 against michigan uh michigan last week beat iowa next week big noon kickoff at the big house they host penn state who's number 10 in the country are you intrigued by the dog here
0: uh this is a classic sandwich spot so yeah i am intrigued by the dog and actually when you look at the wolverines and uh their schedule this is if if you're a michigan player this feels like an off week to you right you had your first big road test Iowa City last week, you passed it, uh, and now you got your uh, second toughest game, I think, on the the Big Ten schedule up on deck when Penn State comes to Ann Arbor a week from now. So you're not taking the Hoosiers seriously, and why should you? Because uh, the Hoosiers just lost to Nebraska by two touchdowns, which did not surprise me. You know, I like Nebraska last week, but 10 was was not easy either. Uh, We needed Nebraska to rally past Indiana uh, late in the second half of that game to get the cover. This Indiana team's not very good, plain and simple. But if you go back and look at the uh, series history between Indiana and Michigan, the Hoosiers have been surprisingly competitive against the Wolverines. And I think a lot of that has to do with letdown spots for Michigan a lot of times. And we have a classic one here. Uh, It's more of a sandwich spot than anything. But uh, I I have some interest in Indiana. And I checked in with Wes Reynolds this week to see if uh, he was on the same page. Because you know Wes is a diehard Hoosier. He knows it all. And uh, he said something very smart, which uh, I was thinking the same thing. I don't want to take 22 points here. But if if the public bets Michigan and we get up to 24, what are we sitting at right now? 22. Yeah, it's still at 22. I thought it would have moved a little bit by now, and it's not. There's
1: actually a t- – uh, that's not true. 23 right now at Caesars. Okay. So it's It's creeping.
0: If it gets to 24, that will be the buy sign. I'll I'll get suckered in on a Hoosiers bet, but I've got to have 24, Tim. If it doesn't get there, I'm not taking it.
1: Indiana at 24. If it gets there on Saturday, we're rocking and rolling with that. Another big spot. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. Michigan State is, yikes. Uh, They are not very good. They lose last weekend, uh, and uh, Maryland covers. Now they're catching 27, Matt, at home against Ohio State. This was the scene of the crime last year when I believe C.J. Stroud threw six touchdown passes in the first half against Michigan State. I believe they led forty-nine to seven or forty-nine to nothing. This uh, this uh, nugget from uh, from the Bear. Ohio State has won each of the last five meetings between these two by at least twenty points In the last two years with Mel Tucker at Michigan State, the Buckeyes have won 56 to 7 and 52 to 12. Wow Do they do it again? 27 is a big old number there for Ohio State to be laying.
0: It's not a big number when you watch. start watching the game and it's 21-0 late in the first quarter. <laughs> then it becomes a really small number. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was the case against uh, Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. I took the Badgers and I took uh, what I thought was a big number at the time, Tim. I took, I think, 19 or something like that with Wisconsin, and it was uh, 21-0 before you could blink. So, Does anybody like anything that's happening with Michigan State on the field Set the recruiting aside right now. Do you see any positives with no, the Spartans?
1: No, they don't have Kenneth Walker in the backfield, and that's kind of been a big difference this year. And that's why
0: I think a lot of people overrated Washington a little bit going into the UCLA game because Michigan State is nothing special, Yep. right? And uh, Washington was coming off that win over Michigan State, and I think some uh, handicappers got a little bit too impressed with that. Mel Tucker, actually, he and his staff are doing a really good job recruiting, and I think if uh, – You look at he's got a long term contract was it like 10 years and 95 million, 85 million, Uh, 90
1: million, something absurd contract.
0: This is going to be a throwaway throwaway year for Michigan State. I think it's pretty obvious at this point, but Mel Tucker's recruiting exceptionally well. And you got to look at the big picture if you're a Spartans fan, because it's not about this year. It's certainly not going to be about this week. Uh, I would not. You know, I like dogs. I'm not even considering uh, Michigan State in this one.
1: Could I intrigue you, Matt, in taking north of four touchdowns with the Auburn Tigers? No. Auburn is catching 30 or 29. You know what's a little surprising, Tim? When this number, it opened
0: around 27 and a half, went to 30. I thought it would go to 31, 31 and a half. And then I thought, well, maybe you think about Auburn. But it's not. It dropped to 29 and a half. Yeah, I, I don't really see – I thought Auburn played probably its A game last week, and um, I like the quarterback switch the Tigers have made. I thought that was going to make them a, a much better team. You had to get T.J. Finley off the field, and I, I think the uh, Auburn offense looked a lot better last week. But the way Auburn blew that 17-0 lead and lost on the home to LSU, it's all over. I think it's over for this team. It's over for Brian Harson after this week. Georgia got its scare at Missouri – uh, I think George is going to win this game by an historic margin, probably in this series.
1: You could convince me to lay this number, and here's the reason why. Mm -hmm. I love this spot for Georgia. Last weekend, they were a 32-point favorite at Missouri. They're down 10 in the fourth quarter. Everybody saw it. Now, what have we all talked about this week? Oh, is Georgia really that good? They get dropped. (laughs) They get dropped in the AP poll. I've heard a lot of people And it's all that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're not that good. This is one of those games where uh, coaches like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and Ryan Day, they love it. Because they got the win, and now they get to yell at their team all uh, week and say, hey, you're not that good. Right. You're not invincible. And what is Auburn right now? As you mentioned, up 17 nothing against LSU. They blow that game. They got their doors blown off by Penn State. Mm-hmm. They know their coach is getting fired. Um, there's a reason this number is this way. And I'll point this out, you know, fading, you know, the public is, uh, is, is sometimes a, a profitable endeavor, but fading a popular dog is very uh, usually profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, DraftKings put out their splits the other day, uh, 73% of the tickets on Auburn. I don't get it. Because people saw what they saw last was Georgia struggling, yeah. and, and the perception is, well, Auburn's really good because they're Auburn. Well, they're not, and I think this is Georgia. (laughs) I think a Georgia-Oregon situation might happen again. Playing against that, Matt, is the fact that the last 18 30-point favorites in SEC Conference games over the last five years have gone just 16-12 and ATS. Of course, all these nuggets courtesy of our good friend the Bear. Uh, I think this is a different one. I would look to lay the number with Georgia in this spot. Props to the bear, by the way. Chris Felica, the current
0: leader yeah. in the Circa Friday Football Invitational. He's 14-6 f- uh, and 6 overall, 4-0 on his best bets. Chuck Edel also 14-6, and 2-2 and 2 on his best bets. Back at it Friday night right here in this studio uh, with 16 handicappers. Okay, so I thought Robbie Ashford was going to make Auburn a better offense. And I thought he did last week. Uh, but that's also... A case where now, Tim, he's going up against a Georgia defense on the road, totally different situation, and it's going to be big trouble uh, for Auburn here. Like you said, I'm always amused by the commentary you hear on a national basis in college football from week to week. Two weeks ago, uh, it was... Oh, Georgia's the best team in college football. It's not Alabama, it's Georgia. It's, I heard somebody, a national commentator, say, it's not really even close right now. Okay. <laughs> so now George, Georgia goes, struggles against Missouri, and now there's something wrong with Georgia. This Georgia team's just not quite right. Uh, like you said, Kirby Smart's going to ride these guys all week. You're going to get Georgia's, I don't know. I don't know if it's an it's, A game. Do you need to play your yeah, A game? No. You can, I think they can play their B game and win this by 38. So... Uh, I think you're going to get a much better performance from Georgia. Let's put it that way. And um, I'm not going to be on the dog in this one.
1: All right, let's wrap things up with some off-the-radar games. Off-the-radar. I don't know how far off-the-radar this is, but I wanted to transition from the Georgia performance – Last week to the team they ended up beating, which was Missouri. They're on the road at Florida. It's a noon kickoff down there in the swamp, and uh, this is a a pretty high number for folks who watched Missouri last week. And Matt probably looked at that and said, "Well, maybe Missouri's pretty good." (laughs) I wrote this game up for Veasan.com. I can't believe I I I laid chalk again. You can get ten and a half out there with the Gators uh florida as a favorite this year i believe uh, if you remove the eastern washington game is 0-2 ats as a dog they're 2-0 ats uh, are the gators they covered against tennessee a winner by you a couple weeks ago here on this podcast and then they covered against utah also i can't remember uh was that a play that you had florida week one against utah Uh, i did not play utah remember yeah that that was was, a stay away that was a kind of a spooky game so uh, my question is matt How does Missouri get up for this game? I know it's Florida, but it's a it's a noon start time. You just lost your last two games. You lost a game where your running back dropped the ball, running into the end zone against Auburn, and then you turn around. You've got a fourth and two at the four-yard line to stop Georgia and pull the upset of the century as a 32-point underdog. They ultimately convert that. They score on that drive. They win the game. And now Missouri's got to go after a night game at home to play Florida. I just think situationally, this is a horrendous spot for the Tigers. And for Florida, there's nothing really looking ahead. I think they play LSU next week, but I wouldn't say this is a spot that would overlook them. Also... Keep this in mind, Missouri beat Florida last year. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a different coaching regime, but Billy Napier could easily say, hey, this team beat you guys. This team just took Georgia to the max last week. I think you're going to get a pretty good effort from Florida if uh, you get a you know Heisman caliber performance. I mean, you don't need a Heisman caliber performance uh, from the quarterback position. I-, I actually like Florida here. I'm going to lay the 10.5 with the Gators against Missouri.
0: Florida would be the only side that would play here. I think it's going to be a deflating situation for Missouri. Off the Should have won the game in Auburn. Yep. Should have beat Georgia. You come up to empty in both, and now there's a lot of talk about your coach is going to be fired. Very uh, tough spot for the Tigers going the road here. And Anthony Richardson, I thought he was going to play well against Tennessee. He played a lot better than I thought. 463 passing yards. Yeah, who was that guy who showed up that day?
1: You know, he was the guy who showed up against Utah.
0: So. Yeah, it was. You're going to get good and bad. I think you'll get more good here with Richardson. Uh, I'm not crazy about laying the points here, but I do like
1: uh, I lean to the Florida side. All right, let's run through a couple more games. Uh, a team that you were all over last week. Great call by you on the podcast. They won it outright. That would be your Purdue Boilermakers. Now they go on the road to Maryland. Um what a performance last week, especially defensively against Minnesota. I joined you on that game. Wish I'd played at line. I just took the points. They win that game outright. Is this a letdown spot for the Boilermakers going on the road? Maryland is, I think, 4-1 and on the season. Um, the Terps right now lay in three against Purdue. Yeah, not sure what I'm going to do with this.
0: And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a tough situation for Purdue playing back-to-back road games against Minnesota and Maryland. It's not the ideal situation, but uh, Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback, came back for Purdue last week, and he didn't play well. He came back from an injury, and he threw uh, two picks, and he struggled, but Purdue ran the ball, which was atypical, ran the ball really, really well against the Minnesota defense and controlled the line of scrimmage, Tim. If you watch that game, the Purdue offensive and defensive lines dominated Minnesota in that game, and P.J. Fleck admitted it afterwards, and that was a big surprise. So, uh, Jeff Braum has much better marks as an underdog and especially as a road underdog. So, this is his best role. Uh, but I think it's a tough spot with back to back road games since Maryland team's been better than a lot of people expected, too. So, no play for me yet unless I change my mind by Saturday. But this number, how do you disagree with this number? You make it Maryland three and pick your side, flip yeah. a coin.
1: Yeah, I'm on uh, Maryland over five and a half wins. Uh, that was my first, one of my first win totals over the this summer. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to stay off and, and hope Maryland takes care mm-hmm. of business here. Um, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, letdown spot for the, the Pokes after a big win last week over Baylor, getting their revenge from the Big 12 championship loss. And uh, and next week they play TCU, so you could look at a little bit of a sandwich spot. Texas Tech has been up and down this year. Uh, they lost last week. And they did get that upset win over Texas. Uh, Donovan Smith is a, as a quarterback that intrigues me. Can always kind of make things tricky. Uh, I would look towards the dog, uh, but I think you and I were texting back and forth, and uh, with a kind of a bizarre card, I don't know if I'm going to force a play on a dog here. But uh, it would be Texas Tech or pass here for me in this spot.
0: Yeah, I would say the same thing so i'm not going to repeat everything you just said <laughs> you can if you want i'm going to be tech or pass and uh, i'm probably going to pass on this one uh, overall uh, this college card i'm not crazy about it this week but before the season when you looked at it you thought man this to be one of the really good weeks of the college season you got oklahoma texas alabama a and m like you said notre dame byu on a neutral out here in vegas uh it's a pretty good game in the pac-12 with utah ucla uh, not crazy about this card from a betting angle. As I sit here today, I'll probably have like five or six bets uh, pre-game right now. Some weeks, Tim, I have uh, fifteen or more bets. So, well, uh, I'm is, not going to force a play on this. Is
1: one. this next game a game that I could intrigue you in? Iowa, who nobody wants to bet on, is now an underdog mm-hmm. at Illinois. And uh, Phil Steele in his magazine, he points out uh the point spread of the last five years and i'll point out the point spreads here matt last five times iowa and illinois has played iowa minus 12. iowa minus 13. iowa minus 15. iowa minus 14. iowa minus 17. and they are now catching points against illinois illinois has got uh, the top running back in the country chase brown leads the country in, in rushing yards he ran all over wisconsin both these teams i believe are top five in the country in defense Uh, It is a very low total. I kind of like Iowa here. Uh, I think people are are buying a little too much stock in the Illini. It is a night game in Illinois and Champaign, but I don't know. It it feels like, and I know you've pointed this out before. I forget. I think it was the Tennessee, Florida game that you pointed this out. You've played the role of dog now all this time. And now Mm -hmm. suddenly you're a favorite in this spot.
0: Yeah. I like the role reversal spot here for the Hawkeyes. There are, and, you know, you, you want to fade that type of situation for Illinois, too. It's kind of like Tennessee had lost 16 of 17 against Florida, and all of a sudden as a double-digit favorite. Uh, I thought this Illinois team was going to be pretty good this year. Now, Brett Bielema, he blew the game at Indiana. Absolutely blew that game. and um, I
1: blow my Indiana under
0: win total yeah. because of that, too. Uh, he's going to regret that when we get down the line here because that's going to be one that uh, Illinois wishes it had back. Uh, This could be another one, and I think when you handicap it from a matchup perspective, it's strength against strength. Illinois wants to run the ball. It's pretty obvious what the Illini want to do, and what's Iowa's strength? Stopping the run. And uh, the Hawkeyes were not great at that last week against Michigan, but I think they'll be more effective here. And I kind of like the spot here for the Hawkeyes. They had the big game in Iowa City against Michigan. They came up short. Uh, This is the type of game that Kirk Ferentz, uh, typically wins when a lot of people are doubting him, saying, uh, you know, he, he, this is his team. He, he can't get it done this year. He's not going to get it done. Uh, it's also a letdown spot for the Illini. They, they, just got, went, they
1: got Wisconsin's coach fired.
0: This went to Madison, blew out the Badgers, got their coach fired. Now they come back to Champaign. This is one of those classic spots where typically the Hawkeyes would go in and win the game. I took uh, three and a half, and then the number went to four in a couple spots, so I took a little bit more, a plus four.
1: Yeah. You know what? I think we're going to be simpatico on this one. I'm going to add that one... Uh, I took a little three and a half, and uh, I just like this spot for Iowa. All right, last game. Don't like the quarterback necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) There isn't much to like about the Iowa offense, but you know what? Maybe the defense can rise up like they did against Rutgers and Mm. and Nevada. Um, Last game I want to mention is one that might intrigue you. That is the New Mexico Lobos uh, catching three and a half. This is a 7 o'clock Eastern kick. This one will be in Albuquerque, uh, Wyoming at New Mexico. Any interest in this one? A little bit
0: surprised CBS did not pick this up as the game of the week. <laughs>
1: it's on CBS SN, though. I mean, <laughs> okay. right. it's, it's in the family.
0: <laughs> now, this is a huge game on my radar this week. I love this matchup. Last year, the Lobos were 16-point dogs. They went to Laramie, and they beat Wyoming 14-3. to three. Woo. You don't see that happen too often where a 16-point home favorite scores three points and gets manhandled. Uh, last week, the Cowboys, popular play by some sharp handicappers, at home against San Jose State, they came up flat. They got beat, uh, I think, 33-16. to 16. Andrew Peasley, the Cowboys quarterback, 6-20 for 20 for 85 yards in that game. Now you're going to Albuquerque, and you're facing the Bill Belichick of the Mountain West Conference. That's Rocky Long, one of the best defensive coaches in college football. And uh, I think the New Mexico defense is uh, going to be up to the challenge here. Also, the Lobos offense last week looked pretty good to me. I, I took 15 with the Lobos against UNLV, Tim, and a little bit of money line play. And the Lobos came to Vegas, and they were up 17 nothing on UNLV. They found a way to blow the game, a late pick six, lost it. But I think there are, you can kind of see this uh, New Mexico team a little bit on the rise. And I, I like the coaches. I especially like Rocky Long from a defensive perspective here. Uh, So I'm taking the three and a half with the home dog in Albuquerque. This is a junkyard dog.
1: (laughs) You love your junkyard dogs.
0: All right, let's get Iowa Hawkeyes (laughs) in New Mexico. Am I crazy? (laughs) Those are two junkyard
1: dogs. (laughs) All right, let's get to our recap of our best plays. Best bet recap. All right, before we uh, do ours, let's uh, give you Adam Burks. He's going against us. He's going with the Illini. Godspeed, Matt. Laying the three and a half. He likes Kansas State against Iowa State, laying the short number there. Mm. I think you could find that at one or so. He likes K-State, huh? He does. Uh, He's got a couple uh, totals, too. Akron and Ohio, because why wouldn't Adam love a MAC play? Over 60, and then he's going under in Louisville and UVA. That is uh, under 50 and a half. Uh, I'll give you mine, and then, Matt, you could fire away. Uh, I do like TCU. Anything under a touchdown, I know we're laying a decent amount of points there. You know, a way to look at Missouri and TCU, you hinted at a pre-show. Maybe I'll throw these two together. I just put the price in uh, on uh, on a parlay calculator. You get a two-team money line parlay on TCU and Missouri at Florida. M- TCU and Florida. TCU and Florida. Yeah. Yes, not Missouri. Uh, TCU and Florida minus one thirty. So that might be the way that I roll. TCU. You know, throw Ohio State on top of that.
0: Make it even money. There, there we go. I'm joking.
1: <laughs> just just lay the, just, yeah. What is that, minus minus uh, 10,000 on their money line? Uh, and then I'm uh, I'm in on Iowa. So we'll go TCU, lay the points. We'll do TCU, Florida, money line parlay, and we'll do Iowa okay. uh, in that one. Your best bets, Matt? Arizona plus 13.
0: Uh, UCLA, I took four and a half. I'll still say, I'll still say it's a play at plus three and a half. Um, I'm going Iowa plus three and a half, New Mexico plus three and a half, Indiana if it hits twenty four. But Indiana is not a play unless it gets to plus twenty four. And um, you know what, Tim? I- I've looked at this game this week. Now I kind of I might end up playing Notre Dame. Notre Dame might be a money line play for me. I'm not going to use it as a best bet right now. I also think Wisconsin's an, an intriguing play Against, this uh, Yeah, I actually After don't, I don't the coaching disagree. Change, that number's up to uh, 10. If you can find less than 10, uh, I think I
1: might consider laying it with the Badgers in Evanston. Yeah, uh, and uh, some spots getting as high as 10.5 I'm seeing right now. Yeah. So money coming in on the Badgers as Jim Leonard looking to take – that job and remove the interim tag after Paul Christ was fired. All right. That's going to do it for uh, today's program. We're back on Sunday. v Lines Revealed show. If you miss it, it'll be in the College Football Betting Podcast feed. So once again, rate, review, tell a friend, tell many of friends, uh, wear your v Sin College Football Betting Podcast shirts if we, if you have them out there. Matt wears his all the time. Is there a shirt? No, not no, yet. I didn't think so. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter, at MattHumans247. I'm at one Tim Murray. Let's get some winners this weekend.